if the Lord has done anything for you, you ought let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Uh-oh, maybe I'm in the wrong place. I said, if the Lord has done anything for you, you ought to take the moment right now to put those sanctified hands together, open up your mouth, and give God a mass praise. <laughs> and tell the Lord, thank you. Thank you. Okay, okay, okay. Come on, we just got done fasting this week. I said, we're going to open up our mouths, and we're going to tell the Lord, thank you. Thank you for every mountain he's brought us over, every valley he's taken us through every illness he delivered us out of we're going to open up our mouths and tell the Lord thank you for everything 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 that he has done come on to put those hands together again hallelujah just give me a little bit more in the monitors if you can hallelujah well good morning hope well good morning to you those that are online good morning this is the day that the lord has made and we're going to rejoice i'm going to rejoice i'm going to be intentional in giving god the thanks the praise and the glory for another day that he allowed us to be able to wake up on this side don't you realize that today could be totally different the small things we take for granted today could be totally different but thank god we woke up this morning in our right minds we knew who we were we act we had the activities of our limbs here it is we were able to taste and smell this morning praise god and so we give god the praise the glory and the honor for all that the lord has done is doing and yet still going to do in our lives we are so ecstatic that you are here with us today if you're a first-time guest just wave at me if you're a first-time guest just wave at me this is your first time at the well come on well come on well help us praise god to all of our first-time guests if that was you keep those hands lifted our ushers are giving you a, a visitor's card we just want you to fill that out in its entirety um that way it's, that's a connecting point for us a bridge uh, for us to be able to connect with you just to stay in contact with you again we're so glad and of all the churches you could be amen we're so glad that you're here with us at the well hope well come on help me thank god again for all of our first-time guests that I hear and while you're yet still clapping help me praise God for our online viewers that's watching I hope at home this morning we thank the Lord for you we're getting ready to go to the world just three things I just three important things I want to share with you this morning um, and we're going to go ahead and go forth in the word of God hope team Howell, I want to thank you so much um, just for your support for sister Chanel on yesterday um, as we buried her father I looked around man team Hopewell was there and I so appreciate she appreciates she hasn't been able to uh, respond back to everybody with your text messages, phone calls, all of those good things. Thank you so much uh, for doing that. It means so much to me as a pastor to know um, that when Team Hopewell is needed, we show, we show up and we're there to do what we need to do. Many of us can attest to the fact of all the many different ways and shapes and forms that Miss Chanel has been there for us. Um, so I'm glad that we were able, we were able to respond with that same love, that same care um, that she has given to us. I've been reminding her all week, hey, just like you would be there for us, let us be there for you during this time. Um, so though, though um, they buried her father on yesterday, she's going to continue to need us. So don't stop texting. Um, don't stop reaching out. Don't wait for her to 
to do it. That's a mistake that we make when someone is grieving. Let's intentionally reach out to her and let her know um, that we um, that she's on her mind, praying for Mike as well, praying for her brother and for her mom. So again, um, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, after service today, if you are a member of the well, if you are a frequent flyer, meaning that you're here with us a lot and we've already claimed you as our, uh, we've already claimed you as our family, even though we haven't made it official yet, it is so important to us that you stay in the know about what's going on. Um, so if you can, if you want to receive email updates, if you want to see text messages and all those different things, um, Please see Sister Ross before you leave so that she can update your information um, and our church management system so we can make sure that you get those emails, you get those text messages. Amen. If you don't check your email, please check your email. Um, some have not checked the email. I've been doing this for over a year, and some of you got a year worth of emails from Pastor Swims. Praise the Lord. 18 months, 17 months. So make sure um, you check your emails. That's how we communicate um, through that and social media to keep everybody in the know. So please make Make sure um, you stop by the stop by the welcome desk to Sister Raw so that she can be able to update your information. We have had a refreshing we've we've coming out of a refreshing week um, as we had our mid year consecration. Hallelujah. As we spent time praying and fasting, um, praying as a family, I'm so glad we had in-person prayer. My goodness, it's been awesome all week as we've gathered in the sanctuary in praying and seeking the face of God in repenting um, individually and corporately as a body. It has been awesome. It has been amazing as we've prayed to the Lord to reveal to us any habitual un unrepented sin in our lives, not so that he can condemn us, but so that his grace could be applied to it. Um, I sought the Lord personally on some things and the Lord answered me on those things, but he's also dealt with me with some other stuff. And one of the main things that the Lord dealt with me personally on was my leadership as a pastor. Uh, pretty much the Holy Spirit let me know that either I lead with authority or I'll be replaced. My goodness, when the Lord dealt with my heart with that, for me to lead with the authority that he's given me through his word, or that I would be replaced. I said, I don't want to be like Samson and get fired. I don't even realize I've been fired. I said, Lord, I'm going to lead uh, with the grace and the authority that you have given me so that we could be able um, to be the place, the church, the, the people um, that God has called for us to be. One of the things that we repented for um, on this past week is that have, we have leaned more on creativity and innovation more than we have on the spirit of God. Nothing wrong with creativity, nothing wrong with innovation. Thank God for that. But it means nothing without the aid of the Holy Spirit. It means nothing without the strength and the power of God. I would rather, I would rather have the power of God. I would rather for us to be infused with the power of God than just to lean on our own ideas and our own understanding because the power of God, the, the grace of God, the mercy of God could do more than any idea but God could do so much more with an idea that the Holy Spirit and the power of God is backing up to be able to do and so with that we're going to be making some adjustments to our Sunday morning worship experience starting next Sunday at 945 uh, we're going to begin with intercessory prayer that's going to begin that will lead us right into worship um, at 10 o'clock. 
that will lead right into worship at 10 o'clock. I've already told the ushers as you're coming in, you can be seated. But listen, as we're having this time of prayer, as we're seeking the face of God, why, why, Pastor, are we incorporating prayer? Because in all that we do, our coming, our doing would be in vain if Holy Spirit doesn't show up. Oh, my goodness. Let me say it again. But if the Holy Spirit does not show up, if the power of God is not evidence in our midst, and let me just say this, the power of God being evidence in our midst is not just in us running and shouting and jumping and dancing. That's great. I will dance with the best of them. Don't get me wrong. But it's more than just that the Holy Spirit is intelligent. He can be able to move in our midst. He can be able to move and speaking to us all at the same time, convicting us all at the same time of different things. We we want to make sure that when we come here that we have invited the Holy Spirit in, that we have invited Jesus in to be a part of what we are doing, that if he comes in and shift in what we're doing, that we'll be just okay with that, we'll be fine with that because we want him to be involved we want him to be engaged we want him to be number one in what we're doing, we're also looking at some other avenues, I'm working I'm with Elder Marilyn James, she's helping me assisting me She's our ministry leader over prayer, over our prayer ministry of how that what happened last week would not just be an experience, a one-time event, but looking at how this can be ongoing to build that momentum. Um, because fasting is a spiritual discipline. It's a spiritual, it is a spiritual discipline that that that, that has some awesome and amazing rewards um, that we miss out on all because we don't want to turn our plates over. And so we're looking at that starting for the fall, how we can be able to be more intentional at weaving that um, into what we do and, and, and having it to be a part of our DNA as a church. So I am just grateful. I am just um, standing in tiptoe anticipation um, at, the, at what the Lord is going to do. Amen. I'm not going to bore you any longer with any more comments, but get your Bibles and go with me to Romans chapter 6. We're continuing in our series entitled Grace. Romans chapter 6 to our deacons, our mother, so glad the mother Julia Rowe was in the house this morning. Amen. That's the mother of our own sister Sharon Bryan, the mother-in-law of our own um, Deacon Michael Bryan. Mother Rowe is she just the mother of Carbondale. Amen. Is she clean as she can be this morning too? Praise God. She bought that, she bought out the Sunday's best. Amen. Amen. So whenever you come and visit with us, mother, you're more than welcome to sit with the mothers. We'll save a spot just for you uh, whenever you come into the well. Amen. Romans chapter 6. Just a few scriptures. Romans 6, 12 through 14. We weren't able to get to this last week. We spent time in prayer and spent time, spent time in intercession. We're still lifting up the family of Kashana Jackson. And we're so grateful for uh, with our student bodies, and I was so so proud of our own Majesty and Grace Gun. Um, they led the way last sat, last Sunday with a prayer vigil that was done in the spirit of excellence that allowed the students an opportunity to be able to grieve and to vent. And I'm so so excited uh, that Dr. Uh, Frazier and, and and Mr. Williams that they are here. They're new to the university. They're both are here this morning. So glad for their um, their leadership at the university and what they're doing to bridge that gap between the community and the university is they're, they're coming in not just talking but they're doing it amen and so we're praying for them we're praying for chancellor lane we're praying for them um, as we move forward and on all that's going on romans 6 12 through 14 
New Living Translation says this. Don't let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master for you for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. God, we thank you for your power and the strength and the knowledge of your word. God, we've already made up in our minds that whatever you ask of us, whatever your word is calling us to do, that we're going to do just that and obey your word quickly, swiftly, that we're going to obey it. And we will adjust our flesh accordingly and it's in the precious name of jesus we pray and all of god's people said amen before you take your seat look at somebody that you didn't ride the church with amen give them the black power sign the wakanda a wave a, a air hug or something just let them know that you're glad to see them this morning you're glad to see them you're glad to see them we'll continue in part three of our series entitled grace everybody say grace I want to talk today from the title, You're Not the Boss of Me. You're Not the Boss of Me. We've been in this series um, entitled Grace for the past few weeks. We have been investigating the scriptures to see what does God say about grace and not just what God has to say about grace, but we've been looking at the scriptures to gain a better understanding of what God says about Sin. This is the three-letter curse word that I've already cursed once already this morning. I'm insane that we don't talk about a lot in church now. We don't address sin. We don't talk about sin. We don't deal with sin. Yet sin is very prevalent right among us. Even those that are believers. Uh, we looked at this this past Friday. I'm doing our mid-year consecration in First John. First John said, "Hey, I'm paraphrasing. If you think you fool yourselves, if to think that you don't have any sin in your life, that we very." well no matter what your title may be in church no matter what your role may be in church no matter how long you have been saved mother Mutri, that all of us have some type of sin in our life and the sin that's in our lives god has the antidote god has the cure for that god has a solution for that and the solution is in his word and it is in applying the principles of god's word into our lives david said a best that I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. David said the best I've hidden my word in your in my heart that I may not sin against you. What is David's point? David's point is if I have the word, word of God that it is etched in my heart if I have the word of God that I can be able to recall on memory I may not be able to give you the text and the verse but if I can be able to pull that word up from the from the inside of my heart that word is going to help me to come back the sin that's trying to lure me in that word that I have will be the word that will help me to come back the sin that is trying to lure me in let me go ahead out the gate and say this please man please sir let's not sit here and look all all ceremonial and holy and to think that sin is not attractive yes it is if sin was not luring if sin was not attractive why would we be entangled 
food in sin. Sin is very attractive. Sin is very luring. We have to be real and honest with ourselves in realizing that sin is something that grabs our attention, that grabs our heart, that causes us, causes us want to, causing us to be more engaged than we should. <laughs> We don't want to be real in church and, and, and be honest, Sister Ross, and admit that sin is fun. <laughs> sin is pleasurable. And when I say pleasurable, I'm not just talking about sex. Sin is pleasurable. Being able to, being able to have top secret information that you can have and call somebody and say, hey, I got some, I got, I got, I got some tea for you. Listen, 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 listen. You can't tell nobody. You're almost like pops on Friday. You can't say nothing. Don't tell nobody. Don't say nothing. Keep it to yourself. But this is what I found out, girl. And let's not just limit gossip just to women. But we got some fellas that do it as well. Praise the Lord. We have our own tone and our own way of doing it. But we have some gentlemen that gossip as well. That we have information that we want to be able to share. Now, I'm just telling you so that we can be able to pray, so that we can be able to come into agreement. But I just can't believe what I heard. Knowing that the motive in you sharing is not to pray because you would have prayed before you called. You would have interceded before you called. In fact, Holy Spirit would have convicted your heart and let you and reminded you, listen, they told you that in confidence... And now you're going to tell somebody else and going under the umbrella that we're going to come together and pray. Sin is attractive. Sin has a way to lure you in. But here's the thing about sin. Sin is almost like Walmart. But you will have your cart. You have a list. I've been there. We all have been there that you've got your list. Um, Sister Nunu and you already know what you're going to get. You made up in your mind I'm only spending $125 in Walmart. I don't care what's on sale. I don't care what, what somebody else say. I do it all the time. I have that conversation with Carrie and Kenny in the store before, in the car before we go in the store. Hey! We're going in the store. Don't ask for nothing. Don't look at nothing. Why? Because you ain't getting nothing. Mother Mooch, we make our way through the store. We're doing good. I'm at $122.99. I got to calculate it in my head. It's all well. We're all cool in the game. And we get that to the checkout line. And there's these little things called Kinder Eggs. Kinder Eggs. They're little eggs shaped. And they have little toys and chocolate in there. And for some reason, Sharonda, maybe the girls like it too. They love these little things. And they have a fit about them. Now, I wouldn't have a problem with getting them if they was too four that's all the need is too. I just got two kids. <laughs> These things are two dollars plus, Sister Williams, just for one. I'm at the checkout line. Nope, I've already. And you there at the line, and the girls with Daddy, please, can you get it, Daddy? Please, I was, I did this, I did that. No, you're not getting. It. And you try, you know, you're trying to keep all, you're trying to be reserved at the checkout line, and you talking through your teeth. I just told you no, because I'm not spending no more than two one hundred twenty-five. I, I, I just told you that. You're at the store. You, you got stuff. You got, you got the stuff off your list, but then you see something else. 
what? They got paper towels on sale? Oh, let me go ahead and just get about two. But dang, that, that price, I might as well maybe put two more in there. I can, I can drop one off to sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so. And the next thing you know, you, you're excited because you thought you got a good deal. And you get to the counter and it's more than what you anticipated. Here's what we do. We trying to figure out what mistake the cashier made. They didn't put nothing in our cart. We're like, oh, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. This was supposed to be $122.72. Wait a minute. What, what do you mean? Can you call somebody to go and have them go back there and check on our seven and get the right price? Because that's not right. It ain't their fault. They didn't put nothing in the basket. It was us. Sin is the same way. It will be some things that will catch your attention along the way. It will be added in your life. But what he does not do, the enemy is so slick in his approach. He will never tell you how much it's going to cost. Sin will take you on a drive. Sin will take you on a high. Sin will take you to levels that you've never experienced before in your life, but will never tell you what you're going to have to forsake. Never tell you how your integrity is going to be damaged. Never going to, never going to tell you how your character is going to be damned. Never tell you how other people are going to be impacted. You do know that sin does not just hurt you, but it hurts those that's connected to you. Sin has a way of luring us in and never giving us the final bill until we've engaged. <laughs> and then it's too late to say, well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to say, you've, we've, already, we've already engaged, now the bill has to be paid at whatever cost. I thought about something the other week. I said, Lord, what? why does it feel like we've, re we've returned to in-person worship the way that we left March the 15th, 2020? Why does it feel like it's, it's, it's a challenge to get people to get into the press? Why does it feel like we've come to a concert to be engaged, that we've come to a concert to be entertained when I know some of the saints probably went to the, the Corn State Fair last night and heard involved singing and they couldn't keep you in your seat, praise the Lord. They couldn't, they, it wouldn't have been enough ushers or church nurses to keep you in your seat because that was your song. Oh, you went down memory lane. You remember where you was. In fact, we're going to be there when, 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 when the homeboy comes down next week for the concert. I said, God, what is it? What is it? Why does it seem like you're not in? I miss Holy Spirit. Begin to deal with me and say, you cannot expect me to show up in the place. Well, there's sin that we fail to repent from you. you. You can't expect for me to show up to a place when people are aware of their sin, but we will rather go through the motions and never acknowledge, never confess, never repent. It's almost like me asking Sister Swims to go into a kitchen and cook dinner, but there's no dishes clean at all. Sin has a way of attaching itself to our lives.
it leads us to destruction. Paul writes. Starts off verse 6. We looked at this the first week. He posed the question, do we continue to sin because there's more grace? His response was no. No, his response was just because there is grace does not mean it's a license for us to intentionally sin. Paul walks us through and he says, don't let sin control the way that you live. Don't give in to your sinful de desires. So then, Pastor Swims, how do we bring an end to sin ruling our lives? How do we bring a break? How do we bring an end to a relationship that has done us no good at all? Paul gives the answers right here in Romans chapter 6. He says right there at verse 12, do not sin. Do not let sin control the way that you live. Do not give in to your sinful desires. So in other words, Paul is challenging us and saying, don't yield to your sinful desires. Here it is, saints of God. The temptation is not the sin. It is when we engage, it's when we, it's when we open up the door and allow sin. The access is when the sin becomes a sin. He says, just because you have the desire doesn't mean you should act on it. Just because you have the urge doesn't mean you should act on it. And this is where, this is where, this is where Bible teaching is essential because here's what we do. Here's what the church have done. And I made the mistake before, or early off in, 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 um, in, in, in pastoring, I made the mistake in preaching and teaching. We encourage our children. We tell our young people, don't have sex. We tell them, save yourself, save yourself for your spouse. We, 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 we make sex seem as if it's such a nasty and disgusting thing that it twists the story for our young people that they're trying to figure out, wait a minute, if you make this thing so nasty and so horrific, let me just taste and see for myself. If it's really as bad as you make it. And we don't properly teach, Dr. Frazier, that sex is a beautiful thing that has been created. I can't get no help in here today. That's been created for a husband and a wife. We don't teach the healthy part of it. And then we say, keep, the, keep yourself until you're married. I heard the preacher say this, that the end goal is not just for them to keep themselves until they're married. It is for them to walk upright before God and present their bodies to God as a holy sacrifice. And their spouse will benefit from it. But we save ourselves because I want to honor God. Save myself because my body belongs to God. So we have to properly teach, we have to properly teach and preach the word of God for greater understanding so that when we tell them, don't yield to your sinful desires and tell them, hey, yes, you're human, it's natural, you have the urges, but you don't have to yield to the urges. He says, don't yield to your sinful desires I'm about the curse for the third time today if we're not going to yield to our sinful desires that means that self-control is going to be essential to us not yielding to our sinful 
desires. What does that mean? That means, that means, that means, that means just because I can doesn't mean I should. That means that I am going to have to rely upon the Holy Spirit to give me his grace and to empower me not to do those things that I should not do. Oh, I'm subbing this year. The whole school year is PE teacher over at Lewis School. Oh, and let me tell you, we're having a good time, y'all. We're having a good time. Listen, and my day was made, Ms. Gwen, because I'm going to add another title to my resume. A kid referred to me, Elder Corey, as coach. You couldn't tell me nothing that day. They, you could not tell me nothing. They said, coach. I said, who? Me? They said, yes, you. I said, it couldn't be. I said, and they said it again. They said, coach. I said, who? They said, you. I said, who? They said, you. I said, did you just call me coach? Oh, I'm making me a name tag tonight to put on that door to the gym. You have entered the gymnasium of Coach Swims. I don't coach but no sport at all, but I'm taking the title. I've been explaining to the kids my expectation when it comes to PE and talk, talking, to them, talking to them about self-control and we were doing something and one boy just started screaming and yelling and screaming and yelling for no reason. And I stopped. I said, why do you do that? He said, I don't know. I said, we just talked about self-control. Even though you have the opportunity to do it, doesn't mean that you should do it. And if we're not going to yield to our sinful desires, self-control. Self-control is going to be what we need. Self-control is what we're going to have to ask Holy Spirit to help us to have. It is a fruit of the Spirit that he is willing and able to give us. And here it is. I like, I like what Rick Warren says, that, that when there's a fruit that needs to be developed in our lives, that God will orchestrate our life as a classroom and place us and place us in, in an environment that's opposite of that fruit so that it can be developed. So tempting moments may present themselves, Elder James, so that self-control can be developed, Deacon Baker. And it means it's going to have to be a dependency upon Holy Spirit to help us not to yield to our sinful desires. It is going to have to be a, 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 a dependence upon the Holy Spirit to help us not to yield to our sinful desires. It is a cry. It is a plea. It is a request that we make to the Lord Jesus Christ to help us not to do what we, if you think that you can be able to fight sin off by yourself, you are Fooling yourself and you're setting yourself up for failure every time but he is a present help in the time of trouble he will empower you he will strengthen you to do what you cannot do on your own not so that we can be able to brag when we walk away and see what well, well, I was not able to do it was God that you didn't do it it was God that showed up on your behalf that reorganized some things so that you would not lead yourself Gotta hurry up. I gotta hurry up. How? How, Pastor Swims? How? 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 How do we put an end to sin ruling our lives? It's not just, it's not just not yielding to our sinful desires, but the second thing, the 
second thing is this. Paul says it right there in the text. We have to refuse to submit our bodies to sin. Look at verse 13, y'all. I'm in, uh, as Pastor Henderson says, I'm in Bible country. It says right here, don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Huh. Paul, why did you say don't let, don't let parts of your body, don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin? You serve whatever has dominion over you. You serve whatever has mastery over you. You serve whatever is Lord over you. Paul says, when we submit to sin, when we engage in sin, sin takes dominion lordship and mastery over us and because it takes lordship and mastery and dominion over us now we become a slave to that thing and what do slaves do slaves serve whatever has lordship dominion or mastery over them he says do not let any part, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do, to do what is right for the glory of God. He says, don't let any part of your body at all. So that means for us as believers, our whole focus when it comes to sin cannot just be sex. It means that I will not allow my fingers to be a part of a text conversation where I'm downing and talking about God's other creations. It means that I would not partake and take things that don't belong to me. Oh, we got some saints that's been taking pens from the banks for years. Oh, God. Take them back to the bank of Carbondale tomorrow morning. Just drop them off and walk off. Drop them off and walk off. Drop, walk off. It means that I won't get involved in any transactions. That my character and my integrity can be questioned, meaning I won't claim kids on my taxes that I did not birth. Don't look at nobody. Look at the cross. Look at the cross. Look at the cross. Look at the cross. Don't look at nobody. Look at the cross. That I will not engage in conversation because here's what we do, saints of God. When we break someone's trust, when they have told a believer something in confidence and we go out and share it, don't you know that's a reflection of God as well? I trusted someone who said they were a born-again child of God and they broke my confidence by sharing with someone what I told them. 
reason why people don't want to come to church sometimes, even online. Hallelujah. They don't want to show up online or in person. It's not because they have an issue with God. It is those that represent him that they have an issue with. Because we've said one thing and confessed one thing, but we live totally different. He says, don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil. I will not lend my ear to gossip. I will shut it down. Have you talked to them about it? Oh, in, in fact, hold on one second. Let me three-ray real quick. Hey, 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 hey. I was talking with brother, sister, so-and-so, and they brought your name up. Were you aware of this? Because as believers, you and I should not be engaged in conversation where we're talking about somebody else and they don't even know that they're on the menu for the conversation. That when maturity says that when it's brought to me, I shut it down immediately. Have you talked to them? If not, I can't hear what you're saying. Because the Bible says if you have an issue with your brother or your sister, you go talk to them first. So I will not lend my ear to entertain because there's a difference between venting and gossiping. And you know, you got enough, you got enough Holy Ghost in you that you know when somebody's venting or when they're gossiping. He says, don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. He said, instead, the latter part of verse 12, instead, Give your bodies, give your bodies, give your bodies completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. So in other words, what the Apostle Paul is encouraging us to do is to surrender. Shred on cursed again. That you and I are to surrender our bodies to God. God, I give you my hands. I give you my feet. I give you my ears. I give you my mouth. I give you, I'll give you my heart. I give you every part of me. And I give it to you, Father God, as my reasonable sacrifice unto you. I give it to you, Father God. I surrender it all to you, giving you access. To do what's necessary. And let's be real and challenging. Let, 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 let's, let's, let's be real and honest. It's challenging to surrender anything that you enjoy. It, 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 it is challenging to surrender any, but can I tell you that there is freedom in surrender? There is freedom in surrendering to God. There is freedom in saying, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life, in my heart. Have your way in my heart. There is freedom in surrendering your body to him. Why? So that he can be able to get the glory out of it all. all those in there that you were you were once dead but because of the blood of Jesus Christ you have new life now and Paul says because you have that new life now you ought to connect with the benefits that come to the new, we, the new way of living that I've given you grace 
I've given you grace. I've given you grace. He says, you got new life now. So you have new life in me now. And because there's new life, there's a new way of living. In a way, what? That points to Christ and brings him the glory and the honor. He ends verse, verse 14 by saying, sin is no longer your master for you no longer live under the requirements of law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Thank God we no longer live under the requirements of the law. Thank God we no longer live under the requirements of the law because if that was still the case and if it had not been for the new covenant by the blood of Jesus Christ every time you sin you would have to come and confess your sins to me and then I would have to go before God with an offer and ask permission and ask and ask for forgiveness on your behalf but when Jesus was, Jesus was on the cross the curtain in the temple was ripped in half which means that now you and I have direct access Access to the Father. I ain't got to wait to ask for forgiveness when I get to the temple. I can ask for forgiveness in the car, in the bathroom, in the shower. He's everywhere. He's omnipresent at all places. I can make an altar and he can forgive me of my sins right where I am. But it is a decision that you and I make. It is a personal decision to live holy. I can preach until my head is full of hair with waves. I might try it and see if it happens. Because I, I had some waves. I had some, when I first came down here 18 years ago, I had some nice waves. <laughs> I did. I'll bring you pictures next week, have them on the screen. I had some nice waves. I could preach that much but until our hearts are pricked and we say I'm going to live holy not out of legalism I'm going to live holy because out of love because of what he's done for me in saving me in sacrificing his son for my life the least I can do It's live before him a holy life. The least I can do is offer my body, my entire body, as an instrument to serve God that he may give the glory. Sin doesn't have to be the boss of us. Now, 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 we realize, we realize until we die and our bodies are glorified, we're going to have to deal with sin until then. But we can limit the, the, the power, the power of sin has been limited because of the blood of Jesus. And now there's new life that we have. Now there's a new way of living that we have. All because of the blood. 
And the surrendering is not just a one-time thing. It is a daily, it is an hourly, it's a minute by minute, second by second. Lord, I surrender. And it's not just limited to sin. When you are presented with an issue, a crisis, chaos that will lead you to worry. Lord, I surrender this to you. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to be anxious. I surrender it to you. But the choice is ours. The choice is ours. The choice is ours. The choice is ours. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I got a free coupon to get a car wash at finish line. I love going to car finish line and get a car wash. I just do. I really do. It adds something to my day when I do it. I don't know why. I'm just weird, but I like it. So, had a free coupon to get a car wash, and I used it. Brittany had got one yesterday. We took her vehicle through, and I was getting ready to pick the lowest car wash that they had. She said, what are you doing? I said, what? I'm pressing a button to get a car wash. She said, you, do, you don't have to get the $7 one. You can get the best one that they have. We don't have to continue to live in sin because the options that have been presented to us, we have access to amazing grace, the number one cleaning plan that's there. Why limit ourselves to condemnation? Why limit ourselves to hell when we have access to grace, amazing grace? Amazing grace. There's something that maybe some.